the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Happy Monday to you. Monday. It's sun shining. Holy smokes. How about that rain over the weekend? I had had enough of it. Did you? I enjoyed it. Yesterday, I thought, really? Oh, oh it was so cold. It came oh, down. Gosh. Yeah. Very, very nice. Now I'm it's done. like. Today's much nicer. Beautiful, gorgeous day. Today's National Golf Day. If you're. Yes. Uh, National Golf Day. Are you a golfer? <laughs> no, that's clearly no. No, I love to watch golf, but I'm really a terrible golfer. I've never mm. really invested any time in becoming better at it. Right. You know, it's it takes a long time and it's very expensive. It's just a long time. It's a whole day out there. Yeah, I'm sure so it's I, beautiful. I like to watch it. Right. Yeah. But uh, for all those, the duffers out there, is that is that the lingo? The is that the lingo? The, the duffers. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, busy day in this world, is it not? Holy smokes. For a Monday, uh, the long weekend has provided us ample opportunities to see the new cycle calf, the spinning blue globe of planet Earth. Why don't you now uh, look at the news stories? Give us the top four at four. Thank you, John, for Monday, May 10th, 2021. Number one, in a sudden uptick of violence today, militants in Gaza fired rockets toward Jerusalem and the Israeli military responded with airstrikes. According to The New York Times, the exchange followed a police raid this morning on the Aska Mosque, one of Islam's holiest sites that left hundreds of Palestinians and a score of police officers wounded, capping weeks of unrest in the city. At least 45 rockets apparently were fired from Gaza. At least one landed in a village in the hills west of Jerusalem, causing damage to houses, but no casualties. Palestinian health officers in Gaza said nine residents were killed, but an Israeli military spokesman said he could neither confirm nor deny Israeli responsibility for the deaths and suggested they might have been the result of friendly fire. Well, that would be a miracle if that ever is resolved. Listen, not? I know. I mean, it's that's th- a conflict that goes on thousands of years. And thousands of years. I don't think we're going to see the conclusion of it in our no, lifetime. Number two, Elon Musk hosted Saturday Night Live for the first time this past weekend and made a personal announcement. Quote, I'm the first person with Asperger's to host SNL, he revealed during his monologue, or at least the first to admit it. According to CBS News, while American psychiatrists no longer use the term Asperger's as a specific diagnosis, it is often used to describe a type of autism. People with Asperger's may not understand conventional social rules and may be proficient in knowledge of categories of information, often collecting categories of things such as baseball stats or technology. Grimes, Musk's girlfriend and the mother of his seventh child, XAEA12, also appeared in a sketch during the show. Really? Now, I watched a lot of the show. I watched, and I missed But you Grimes. missed Grimes and XAEA12? Wait, Elon Musk has seven kids? Yes, this is his seventh child. I didn't know that either. Did mm-hmm. you watch any of the show? I did not. 
you know what? He did a good job. Did he really? He's game, is okay, what he is. Okay, I like people who are game. Yeah, he was game, and you know, the show itself, kind of meh, but he was funny. All right, he glad was. to hear it. I didn't know he had seven kids. I don't know. Number three. Well, that's why you listen to the top four at four, John. Thank you. So I have this <laughs> kind of information for you. Very good. Uh, number three, what is up with China? Okay, now you remember the whole like Chinese rocket is on the loose in space and hurtling towards Earth to land who knows where. That was and we Saturday. can't really control that. Was, you remember that? Well, yeah. it looks like there are a lot of details that don't get out to the general public mm-hmm. because according to NBC News, locals in China are demanding answers after a safari park in eastern China failed to inform authorities and residents for weeks that three of its leopards had gotten out. Yeah, one of the leopards is still on the loose, apparently. According to local media, a search team is on the leopard's trail after paw prints believed to be left by the feline were just found yesterday. Now, the vice mayor of Hangzhou City said that the police found the leopards had escaped on April 19th, several weeks before the first sighting. The safari park also admitted to the police that they did not report the incident over worries it would impact the flow of tourists coming to the zoo. Yeah, Yeah, that gets in the way when the animals are out. And number four, things go from bad to worse in the land of pit basketball. Mm. All ACC forward Justin Champagny decided to enter the 2021 NBA draft and hire an agent, ending his two-year college career at Pitt. The Trib reports that the announcement comes the day after five-star center Efton Reed, who Pitt had been recruiting intensely, committed not to Pitt, but to LSU. And of course, less than three months after Pitt lost its first of five players to the NCAA transfer portal. Champagne is only 19 years old. He's the first Pitt player to declare for early entry into the draft since Stephen Adams was selected number 12 overall in 2013. Champagne's return would have been awesome. I mean, he would have been the due. It's just... I, hard to turn down that guaranteed money i guess anyway that friends is your top four at four very nice uh, if you are uh, a, a lover of pit sports that is a, a just a lesson in masochism isn't thank it? you thank it really you is. it really is it's very difficult for us to, all to stand here and talk brutal. this way yeah. i mean i mean champagne was such an unbelievable player he was the he was he was the nation's only major conference player, John, to average a double double last season. Mm-hmm. Ranked among the ACC leaders in nine categories, and finished in the top ten in the NCAA in rebounding and double doubles. I mean, he's such a great player, yeah. but he's still only nineteen. And you know, if you don't get drafted in the NBA in the first round, you don't have a guaranteed contract. Right. So his agent is obviously telling him he can get drafted in the first round, but if if he doesn't, then I don't know. I don't know. It's just my sorrow goes on and on. Yep, yep. Sorry there to all the pit fans everywhere, right? Go Point Park. Was boom. Hey, go Point Park. Go. Hey, hey also, um, the Pens secured a first place finish in the East for the regular season after they beat Buffalo on Saturday, one zip. Nice. All right. That's good news, right? Keeping us up to date there, Kath, on the sports goings on and around the world. That's What's up here. with China? Why can't China? What is Okay, so there are three leopards that are like roaming around and they don't yeah. want to bring it up because they're afraid, you know, it's going to impact attendance at the zoo. It's a big country. And it's communists, mm-hmm. right? So everyone's like, "What?" So you think transparency isn't like no? The top everyone's of their trying list to save values? their own skin, right? right. I, I'm not going to ruffle any feathers here because I'll end up somewhere, you know, Seriously, with the though, leopards. Wouldn't you think after the whole rocket fiasco, there'd no. be a little no. more concern about we should be no. more forthcoming? No. After the rocket, how about COVID? 
That's a good point. Excuse me. That's a good point. Let's infect the entire world and go, uh, we're not really sure. Did you see that latest news story that just came out at the end of last week that they're really leaning towards thinking it was manufactured in a lab? I I mean, I thought that that was like a conspiracy theory that had been debunked. Yeah. But there is research now. I mean, people still it still has not been determined, but there is current research which is pointing to the fact that it was that COVID-19 was something they were fooling around with in a lab. Basketball, runaway animals at a Chinese zoo and a COVID update. You heard it here on the ride home with John and Kathy. (laughs) Jesus is next. Well, actually, the White House is next. No, Jesus is next. It's like, it's like the correct answer for everything. What's the answer? Jesus. Or the White like House. Squirrel. I'm not sure. Greg Clarkston, SRN News White House correspondent. Straight ahead. I promise. 101.5 WORD. You can do all the good work you want to do. You can be as diligent as you possibly can. But if you are not living in obedience to the word of God, if you're not living in obedience to the voice of God, all of your good work will amount to nothing. Now, you don't want to hear that. I know that. I don't want to hear that either. (laughs) Make sure to tune in this week to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. I have a traumatizing childhood memory of an Easter egg hunt. The big hunt was a big deal in our family. And I have this memory of running and excitedly reaching for eggs, only to have my big brother and sister sweep in and steal them at the last second. It's Ryan. And unfortunately, this is a traumatizing reality our Faith and Family Mortgage Team is seeing from families across the country. Families are finding their dream home, only to have it pulled away by another hunter at the last second. At United Faith Mortgage, we unfortunately cannot scare off the other hunters, but we can very quickly get you pre-approved and make it look as good as possible to sellers. And then, once you do grab that Easter egg, see our story and read how our direct lender advantage can often save your family monthly and lifelong money at unitedfaithmortgage.com. We our United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org.
Keystone State if we're not already paying far too much for our gasoline. Seems though we're going to take another hit. Here to talk to us about that and other issues affecting the country and the world, live from the White House, is Greg Clugston, who joins us from SRN News. Greg, happy Monday to you. Happy Monday, John and Kathy. Good to be back with you. Yeah, good to have you back. We're broadcasting live at Word FM, and you can also watch us on Facebook if you'd like to do that at 101.5 Word FM or The Ride Home with John and Kathy. We're talking to Greg Clugston. You said you're live from the White House. Is that Greg? Yes. Okay. Yep. Here, here in the basement. Okay. And it is every bit as luxurious as we would have imagined. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Greg. So let's talk about uh, ransomware. You know, companies small, companies large are concerned about ransomware. A lot of companies have experienced this, and now um, a major pipeline has. Tell us the story. Yeah, this major pipeline, Colonial. It's based in New Jersey. It supplies almost half of all fuel to the East Coast. You know, more than a dozen states, including Pennsylvania. And this, uh, this company came uh, under attack and with uh, ransomware. And the group has been identified by the FBI as a group that calls itself DarkSide. It has originations in Russia, although the president said earlier today there's no evidence, intelligence evidence from the U.S. yet that the Russian government is responsible but uh, this is a serious issue because you're dealing with obviously the uh, you know the energy infrastructure of the United States. There are concerns about disruptions of of the fuel supply, what that might do to gas prices, and all the rest. The White House today, obviously, expressing concern about this and doing what it can as the administration. But there was an, an acknowledgement from the cybersecurity and the homeland security officials at a briefing here today that there's only so much the government can do because Colonial is a private company and they have to have their Mm -hmm. own defenses against ransomware. The government can't provide that for every private company in the country. So it's kind of an interesting uh, subject in terms of how to go about fixing this problem. Right. Okay. So this is essentially uh, a corporation being held hostage, Greg. Any idea of what the terms of release are and if that's in the works or has it already happened? If those terms uh, are known to the U.S. government, they've not been made public, uh, and they haven't been made public, to my knowledge, by the company either. And that was a question here at the White House. What's the U.S. government's position or guidance when it comes to whether companies should give in and pay ransom? And the White House officials today said that the Biden administration is, is not essentially taking a stance on that, leaving it up to the companies because... The companies know what their wherewithal is and, and, and what the situation details are and that every, every situation is going to be different. Now, the FBI in past years over multiple administrations has really encouraged uh, companies and entities not to give in to the ransomware, uh, fearing that it will just, you know, sure. spur copycats. Uh, but that's not the message from the White House today, and partly because you know, there's this concern that there could be a big fuel dis- uh, disruption. Yeah. So, so uh, let's uh, talk about what happened over the weekend, Greg, with the uh, the release of jobs reports. It was expected that there would be some really good numbers coming from the government yeah. about uh, unemployment, but it was quite the opposite, and it really stirred a lot of concern, didn't it? <laughs> Yeah, sure did. Wall Street and other economists were expecting almost a million new jobs last month. And the number came in at 266,000. So only a quarter of what the expectations were. Uh, And so it quickly became a political 
topic. Uh, late Friday and over the weekend, you had Republicans complaining that the Biden White House expansion of jobless benefits through the end of the summer is really preventing people from going out or wanting to go out and look for jobs because in some cases, not all cases, those receiving benefits might actually be getting more from the government in their monthly checks than they would by earning a paycheck from a local company where they might have a job. Now, the White House uh, was pushing back against that idea, and the president today gave some remarks this afternoon in the East Room about the economy, and he also pushed back on this idea. He said that there's very little evidence that the jobless benefits are the reason why the numbers were so low last month. Uh, And he also, but at the same time, he was reminding Americans what the law is, meaning if you are at home receiving unemployment benefits and you're offered a suitable job or a comparable job to what you had before, you can't, um, you know, you have to take the job and you can't just keep, you know, keep receiving the benefits. So there is, there's a legal matter here. So the White House was wanting to express that while at the same time defending their own economic plan. Right. Which is hard to, it's hard to do both of those things at the same time. (laughs) Um, And we all know that, you know, what human nature is, if you're getting more income wise from staying at home than you were from the job you had before COVID hit, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what choice you're going to make. And clearly that's what's happening. I mean, just in a small circle, I know two people who are in such a position, they're going, I'm not going to get forced back to work. I'll wait till these unemployment benefits end. Sure. And I think a lot of us, members of Congress as well, they all know people or have anecdotal evidence to this very point. Right. So they've sharpened the political attack on the White House on this issue. Um, it, it, I guess it's also worth pointing out, you know, these these jobly month, these monthly job numbers or inflation numbers, other economic data that come out on a on a monthly basis. Um, there can be spikes, uh, you know, in either direction, and so we'll just have to wait and see until next month to see whether this is uh, these low job numbers. It was just an aberration last month, or if it's a it's a larger concern going forward in terms of getting America back to work again after the pandemic. Yeah, Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, before we went on the air, you mentioned that you spent a couple days um, at a, like a beachfront community in the last week. I was at a lakefront community a couple weeks ago, and what I saw everywhere were we're not going to be able to be open seven days a week because we can't get enough people to work. Um, we, we have to close early on Wednesdays from now on because we don't have somebody to man the kitchen. I mean, I saw that all over the place. I'm not sure if you did too, but you know, people are excited at this point with vaccines and such to be able to get back out there, go to restaurants, you know, go to resorts, that sort of thing. It's a whole different thing when you get there and you know, you realize that things aren't what you're going to expect. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because uh, a lot of employers are saying that they have a lot of job openings, and yet the job um, creation numbers were low last month. So it's it's mm-hmm. an interesting mix right there. I, too, know of someone who told me that they called a pizza pl- the local pizza place to order a pizza, and the answering machine said, I'm sorry, we're closed now on Mondays and Tuesdays because we don't have enough staff, and also said, if you know somebody who wants a job, contact us and they put that on the on their phone answering machine at the business wow how about that there are problems out there there are problems okay so someone who may be looking for a job very soon is liz cheney this is uh taken uh washington dc by storm it's a really uh odd unusual i i think it's an unusual story greg uh give us the background story and where we are in that saga yeah, it is unusual, and it looks, John, like it's going to be coming to a head here this week, possibly Wednesday, where the House Republicans will be voting on whether Liz Cheney, who is a congresswoman from Wyoming, 
daughter of former Vice President Dick Cheney. She is the number three ranking Republican in the House leadership. And a lot of the rank and file are unhappy with her because she uh, voted, you know, and has voiced expression against Donald Trump in terms of uh, what happened from the January 6th insurrection and impeachment. And they don't believe a lot of the rank and file Republicans, including other GOP leaders in the House, like the minority leader, uh, Kevin McCarthy, don't think that she belongs now in the leadership position that she holds. And so they're going to be having a vote. Uh, it looks as if Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, who is from New York and is someone who uh, has been loyal to Trump and uh, following his agenda, uh, might be in place to uh, then be voted in for that number three position. But all of this is showing us that Donald Trump still is playing a, a mighty big role, not just in politics generally, but specifically within the Republican Party. Right. Okay, so to what do we attribute that, um, Greg? And I, I'm not asking you to crystal ball it, but I guess I'm just asking for your read about you know what people people are saying in Washington. Is it about the disputed election? Is it a, like a personality cult type of thing? Is I mean I don't recall in, in any past elections there've been a lot of close elections. I mean look at the Bush Gore thing. I don't remember there being any case where there were where where a, a political party was falling apart based on loyalty or disloyalty to a certain character. What's interesting here is there's no doubt that Congressman Cheney is a conservative lawmaker. Looking More at her, conservative than Elise Stefanik, I read today in her voting yeah, record. She, she's, she's, uh, she's a Republican. She's conservative. She is viewed by a lot of uh, people allied with Donald Trump uh, and you know the Make America Great Again movement as someone who is establishment and should not be, if she holds a leadership position, uh, con- confronting statements by president, former President Trump that, you know, the election was a big lie, which is what the former president has said in the recent days. And so uh, there's just enough of an, of an inertia, I guess, from enough Republican lawmakers in the House right now uh, that unless you are um, in line with the messaging and the language and the policies of Donald Trump, even though he's no longer in office, uh, then that doesn't that means in their view that you're uh, you're not ready to be or should stay in that position of leadership. Mm-hmm. Very unusual. From the White House, Greg Clarkson joins us from SRN News. He's the White House correspondent. Greg, uh, the Biden administration uh, has been large supporters of the LGBTQ constituency. Yeah. And uh, it turns out that uh, the president uh, has responded to uh, a campaign promise where he has restored transgender health rights. Talk to us about that. Right. Essentially, this has to go to the definition of sex or biological sex. During the Trump administration, for medical reasons and health care coverage, uh, that term was defined as the sex that you were assigned at birth. And so that meant that uh, transgenders uh, then were excluded from some of the health care uh, you know, benefits and that sort of thing. So what is happening now is the Biden White House, the Biden administration, is reversing that policy and expanding or changing uh, that definition to include transgender individuals. And so that means that uh, there will be additional uh, you know, protections and health care benefits going to uh, transgender and LGBTQ. Um, and, it, and as you point out, John, it's just it's a continuation of, uh, of an effort by this administration to really um, you know, address this particular um, part of the population. 
And uh, it follows a move not too long ago by the by the president to also um, undo the policy from the Trump administration regarding transgenders in the military. Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. All right. So um, it looks like the president's going to be meeting with lawmakers this week, including top Republicans. Um, what's going to be on the table for discussion? Yeah, this is uh, coming up on Wednesday. Uh, well, the, there are a couple of meetings going on, but the main meeting is happening Wednesday with what we call the big four here in D.C., and that's the two top Republican leaders uh, from the House and Senate and the two top Democratic leaders from each side of Capitol Hill. So you've got Mitch McConnell on the Democratic side, along with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, and then the Republicans are Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy. They'll all be in the Oval Office with uh, President Biden on Wednesday. It'll be the first time that this group has gotten together since Biden took office. And it also be the first time these Republican leaders have been invited to the White House. And so they'll be talking about a lot of different things, infrastructure and obviously the four trillion dollars in proposals that uh, the the president has put forward on jobs and families and health care and education and all of that. Uh, They're going to try and find common ground, but the Republicans have been pretty vocal about their opposition to uh, this president's policies and his plan so far. So, Greg, when there's a meeting like this, uh, you know, engaging both Democrat and Republican and essentially behind closed doors, does the press have any access to that at all Um, in the beginning, in the middle or the end of the conversations? Or is it totally just locked out? Yeah, well, it it depends on event to event and administration to administration. But typically in this kind of setting, the press or the small group of pool reporters for that day will be given access either at the beginning or the end of the meeting. Oftentimes it's at the beginning, at the top of the meeting, before they've actually sat down to discuss anything, because that way any questions that might come their way about specifics they'll say well we haven't had a chance to talk about that yet on the agenda mm. but my guess is that will that's what will happen on Wednesday so we'll maybe hear just a couple of comments from the president um, and we'll get to see the pictures and hear the audio and all the rest but for the most part we'll have to wait until afterwards to get readouts from all of the participants all right. Well, Greg, uh, John and I today on the ride home are celebrating National Golf Day, which is surprising since neither one of us golf. We do um, golf. But we'd be happy to celebrate you if you're a golfer. So you are you? I have gone golfing, but to describe myself as a golfer might oh. be. <laughs> Got it. So you're not yourself observing National Golf Day? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I, I like all kinds of sports, and, and I, I have gotten together uh, with some friends who are probably about the same uh, level of, of golf okay. as I and uh, we, we enjoy going out every now and then, maybe once a year. I mean, literally, that's about wow. it. That's yeah. So I do it occasionally, but it's very infrequent. Yeah, better to go with those people on the same skill level as opposed to being the oh, bottom sure. feeder because then everybody, you know, just crushes on you. So you it's got a very that. safe space to be, Greg. Yeah. Hey, absolutely. Yeah. Listen, always a pleasure, Greg. It's an awful lot to compact into a small amount of time, but really appreciate, you know, you having your eye on the ball, no pun intended. So thanks for being with us today. Greatly appreciate it. <laughs> Glad to do it. Have Thank a good you. week. Bye, as well. Greg. Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. Information about SRN News and Greg Clugston at wordfm.com. We'll take a quick break. We're just getting underway. It's the ride home with John and Kathy, Pittsburgh's Christian Talk here on 101.5 Word FM. I have a traumatizing childhood memory of an Easter egg. Thanks, Greg. The big Greg, great to see you. Big deal in our family. And I have this memory of running and excitedly reaching for eggs only to have my big brother and sister sweep in and steal them at the last second. 
It's Ryan, and unfortunately, this is a traumatizing reality our Faith and Family Mortgage Team is seeing from families across the country. Families are finding their dream home, only to have it pulled away by another hunter at the last second. At United Faith Mortgage, we unfortunately cannot scare off the other hunters, but we can very quickly get you pre-approved and make it look as good as possible to sellers. And then, once you do grab that Easter egg, see our story and read how our direct lender advantage can often save your family monthly and lifelong money at unitedfaithmortgage.com. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Meadow Park Road, Meadow, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1335. Rack animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Through the Bible's Dr. J. Vernon McGee has an invitation. Today, we invite you to study with us the Bible from Genesis Revelation. Listen to the program. Listen to it regularly. If you've accepted that invitation, Through the Bible would love to hear from you. It's Letter Month. Tell them how your Bible study with them has changed your life. Do you listen every day? Let us know at wordfm.com slash letter. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hill seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. I'm Pastor Tom Hall. Did you know that First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, is the oldest anything in Pittsburgh? Older than any newspaper, school, or business. Join us Sundays in person at 1045 a.m. Hear the timeless good news of Jesus Christ. We'll be social distancing and keeping everyone safe, so let us know you're coming at fpcp.org. Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word, Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. We'll see a few clouds for tonight. It'll be cold with a low of 39. Cool tomorrow with intervals of clouds and sun. Breezy in the afternoon at a high of 54. Partly cloudy tomorrow night. Temperatures approaching near record lows. Freezing temperatures in the normally colder spots. We'll see a low of 35. Wednesday, sunshine followed by a few clouds and a high of 57. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. This weekend, it was late on Friday night, and uh, I was uh, on Amazon.com. You were buying something. Well, well, I was I was like looking around at some lighting fixtures, some low price lighting fixtures, like forty dollars and under, right? Looking and around. and you know, I'm kind of comparing a couple things. I got a couple windows open. I'm like trying. Okay, is this going to work? Is that going to work? Without but anyway, without realizing it, I purchased two lights. Oh, okay. Now, I'm happy to say they arrived quickly and I was able to return them today. So everything was very smooth. However, it is much easier than you think 
to buy something, especially if you have, you know, if the, if your ordering portal is set up in Amazon, you can kind of do, I mean, it's not, I'm not saying it's super easy, but I'm also saying it's not as hard as it should be because of course, Amazon wants you to buy as many things as possible. Well, listen, I am a fully grown person, a four-year-old young man from Brooklyn really went to town. So he bought nearly $3,000 worth of non-refundable SpongeBob SquarePants popsicles on Amazon last week. Yes. Non-refundable. So non-refundable. Amazon's not is not interested in refunding those um, because it's like a food product. So they're not going to take it back. It's not like my lights. Right. Yeah. So um, here's the thing. Um, this is 51 cases of SpongeBob SquarePants popsicles that uh, the four-year-old purchased, which is <laughs> 918 popsicles in <laughs> popsicles. $3,000. Yes. Yeah. Nearly $3,000. Now this presented a major um, issue for his mother, who's 37 years old and a mother of three, who's also pursuing a master's in social work at NYU and didn't know how in the world she was going to pay off the $3,000 popsicle bill. So a friend of hers uh, who is very, very kind and loves the family set up a GoFundMe and um, said that, you know, the little boy didn't really realize what he was doing. He just saw the SpongeBob thing and kept clicking, you know, like mm-hmm. order, yeah, order, yeah, order. I yeah, yeah, had yeah. no idea, of course, what he was doing. And so set up a, a GoFundMe. As of today, kind-hearted donors have already contributed a whopping $5,745, which eclipsed the fundraising goal of 2619 So they're going to get more popsicles. So they're- <laughs> I think right. maybe mom can just go on a vacation. How I does that work? Now, I didn't know you could order. I mean, so do they come like in a freezer pack? Well, they come in boxes. They come in this, this kind comes in cases and I'm not talking like an authority because I've never purchased popsicles. Popsicles on Amazon. from Amazon. Yeah. Right. But it is surprising the things you can buy on Amazon and in the strange configurations. Do you know what I mean? Really? Like I yeah, went to, yeah. I was looking to buy those, those like hooks that screw into the ceiling and the same night I was looking for the lighting and I just wanted to buy like two and I was finding like cases of 300. I mean, oh it's God. just you. Anyway, the four-year-old from Brooklyn who uh, goes unnamed is uh, going to be having a lot of popsicles. And thankfully, I bet his mom is over the initial grief and shock she experienced when she saw. So the he will get a popsicle then. He won't be punished. Well, I don't know. She doesn't really. Her. I mean, it doesn't go into the you know inner workings of the of the family, uh, the family, of the nuclear structure. family here. Right. Boy, I didn't know you could order popsicles from Amazon. I'm going to get. What is it? All of a sudden, is that an attractive? Well, I kind of like to order. How about some fudsicles? Or well, some? You can't order fudsicles. fudsicles. It's the same thing. It's cold. Well, no, but here's the thing. I think, well, I'm guessing that they would be the kind of popsicles that, you know, come liquid and then you freeze them. Oh, like the freeze pop. Yeah, I can't imagine. You're not ordering something frozen from Amazon, do you think? I don't know. You can order groceries from Amazon, though. They're out of SpongeBob SquarePants popsicles. They're out of them? Yeah, they are. Because Because this little boy bought them all. (laughs) That's great. That's very sweet. Have you ever tried to buy anything that was refrigerated from Amazon, Gary? Nope. Mm. Wouldn't it be nice to have like a, you know, uh, like I'd do a a fudgesicle. I'd do an ice cream uh, sandwich. Wouldn't that be great? I want to tell you that the fudgesicle is the single reason. It's it's the number one contributing factor to me gaining 60 pounds in my first pregnancy. Mm. (laughs) Everybody has their hole that they fall into. Yeah. So I would just say that, first of all, if you're pregnant, don't gain 60 pounds. Mm. And second of all, if the fudgesicle sounds attractive, 
keep it in check. Yeah. Well, that was your first pregnancy, right? Oh, yeah. And so you learned. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, because that, that doesn't fall off once no, you have it, a child. No, I'm sure it doesn't. All right, let's take a quick break. Come back. Uh, Reverend Tom Hall from First Pres downtown. He'll join us in a little bit uh, talking about backseat. Straight ahead. Ride home here in Pittsburgh. WORD. When a man and woman marry, the two become one. According to Art Rayner, that should apply to our finances as well. There's a big shift that should occur when you you get married. It's no longer my money or my bank account, but our money, our bank account. How you can think together biblically about your money in marriage, next time on Family Life Today. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. Congratulations, you did it. You worked hard and saved for retirement. But now you'll have questions. Will my taxes increase? How will I cover my expenses? Will my income last? Will I have anything left to leave to my loved ones? Hi, this is Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group. I know that you need a strategy to help make sure your hard-earned money goes the distance in retirement. That's why I'm offering you a free guide designed to help you know if your nest egg can withstand the challenges of a 21st century retirement. Longer lives, increasing health care costs, and taxes are just a few of the risks to your income. Get this free guide from me, Ethan Lane, and our team at Accurate Solutions Group by calling 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Take the first step to help your money last in retirement. 412-515-3555. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS. Study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. We want everybody to have a level of comfort knowing that they're in a safe environment, that they're in a caring environment, and that their health and well-being is our top priority. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. We are constantly screening both ourselves and patients. I want my patients to know that we are there for them. When they are ready, we are here. You're going to be safe. You're going to be well cared for. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. The pandemic has caused families to spend more time in close quarters than ever before. But if you're noticing an emotional distance between you and your child because of their drug or alcohol use, you may not know where to turn. Partnership to End Addiction can help. With free guidance, support, and resources, we work directly with families and communities across the country to help save lives. And we can help you, too, to end addiction. Addiction. Start with connection. Reach out to us at drugfree.org. Well, the faucet is open for vaccines. I mean, you can walk into Giant Eagle right now and get yeah, yourself you a vaccine without any appointment whatsoever. So I think for the most part, people you know who want the vaccine pretty much have gotten the vaccine. And, uh, you know, health experts are saying, well, we're far from herd immunity. And apparently us, 
us, Kath, you, me, Gare. Yeah. Uh, we are the ones who are dragging things down, right? Uh, Wait, why well, are we dragging things down? Well, because uh, Christian evangelicals are the skeptics. Uh, that's what uh, is being reported in the national news outlets. Vaccine skeptics and um, refusing to you know, engage with the science. We're here to talk to us about that is Reverend Tom Hall. Tom is the pastor at First Presbyterian Church on 6th Avenue downtown. And Tom, welcome to the show. How are you? We are the ones who are dragging things. Hey, Tommy, got your radio on. Hey, Tommy. We have to to wait for him to catch up there. All right. I have a little problem with Tom Hall. Okay, well, we'll... We're efforting a better technological connection with him. While we do that, John, I I don't, I think that there are, there are vaccine skeptics that of course are not just centered in the evangelical community. You know, there've been vaccine skeptics that were certainly in the progressive community for years. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. Right. But apparently, you know, through, oh, good. Tommy, you there? Hello. Hey, how you guys doing? Good, Tom. Yeah, glad to have you. We're talking about people who are skeptical of uh, vaccines. And I was saying it's not just centered in the evangelical community for, for many years, for more, I, I mean, for two decades now, there have been people who were staunchly in the progressive um, realm who were vaccine skeptics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like we've lost Tom. We have lost okay. Tom. We just right. had him. Yeah. Now, when I think of vaccine skepticism, John, before COVID, I think about um, mostly people who connect uh, a vaccine with autism. Right. That there, there was people. There were people who were afraid of that. Right. Thinking right. that if I get the vaccine, then my child ha- has autism. Or right? people who, who people whose children do have autism, and that's they're connecting that as the you know the causal right. link. Uh, I don't know where the the anti-science label has come from, right? But I, I think I that think they, that's an easy label for people to just lob at the other side, whoever that other side is. Anti-science? Yeah. How do you mean? What do you mean? Well, by that? I just feel like if you're talking about anti-science, you can throw that around to whoever you want. You know, I can throw it around right now to people in the progressive community who don't want to go back to school or don't want to go back to work or people that want to wear their masks outside, even though Dr. Fauci said that the chances of transmitting COVID outside if you've been vaccinated are, you know, minuscule. Right. Um, so that's that's, you know, denying of science. So I could toss that out. People toss out science denier at conservatives who, you know, believe in a six day creation or, you know, conservatives that have a concern about the vaccine or conservatives who don't want to wear a mask in, from the beginning of COVID. Well, when I think about what's happened here in this past year, I mean, me personally, I consider it almost a miracle and and not to shortchange any miracles, but when you think how people have come together in the scientific community from around the globe and, you know, as president Trump put that, it was, you know, it was, it was like a moonshot, right? It was hyper quick how things coalesced and this vaccine was developed. And of course you can say what you will about um, confusion, right? I think in, in all things, whether it's the moonshot or any scientific progress that goes forward, it's generally one step forward, two steps back, right? Mm-hmm. The, nothing's sure. going to be smooth from the get-go, especially science, something scientific like this, right? And something of this m- m- unbelievable scale. Yeah, worldwide, the I magnitude think, of it all. 
Good. I agree with you. I think it's absolutely miraculous. We talked on the air about the story of the very first vaccine, you know, the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine. And um, one of the founders of BioNTech, he and his wife, he and he and his wife founded the company together. They're both scientists. Um, And within 72 hours of hearing, just hearing and reading online about COVID-19 before any of us had ever even like heard of it, he had already in his mind developed the vaccine. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Tom, uh, Tom Hall's with us from First Press. Tom, can you hear us? No, nope, we give up on that. All right. Okay. All right. Nice. So, so our current knowledge of uh, COVID-19, is it perfect? No. no, of course not. Uh, can you guarantee that there are no side effects? Of course not, because it's been proven there have been side effects in a small percentage of people, right? So is science fallible? Uh, human enterprise, oh, right? I mean, science, of course it is, because it's yep. far from risk. I do. Oh, Tom, you, you got us? I'm, I'm here. Can you all hear me? Yes. Uh, now we can, Tom, yeah. Okay, well, uh, thanks sorry, for joining us. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Sorry well, Tom, for the technical difficulties. I'm not sure yeah. what it is. Okay, so there you are, Tom, uh, as the pastor at First Pres on 6th uh, Street downtown. Now, t- talk about this. I mean, this is of interest to you as well. I'm sure, you know, in your own life, and, you know, you spent decades in the American military, plus with your own parishioners, you do hear this, right, of people talking about, I refuse to take the shot. This is something that, you know, you've encountered. Yeah, it's yes. I'm surprised all the time by um, people in our tradition, in the Orthodox Christian faith, in the Evangelical tradition. Uh, I feel just like you do that this was a great miracle. God gave us medicine, and um, it's you know we are suspicious of government. I, you know, like you, you pointed out, I was in the Air Force for 30 years. Right. We always got our shots, whether we uh, really wanted to or not. And um, so we do tend to be suspicious of people telling us what to do. But every now and then, uh, the forces come together and the government does get something right. And this is one of those times. Right. Okay. So, Tom, to be fair, uh, talk about your own experience. Have you yourself had your shot and or shots? Oh, absolutely. I got my sh- we We were online as soon as they came out. We were going through all the websites for weeks until we finally got our appointment. So, oh, yes. So uh, my wife and I are both been vaccinated. Okay. We have the, had the Moderna shots. Okay. So um, what about being the pastor of a diverse community? Um, and you, I don't mean to ask you to speak for every pastor out there just to your own specific experience, but you know, you have to be a pastor to people who believe different things, who people who have different political viewpoints and people have different viewpoints on a vaccine. Is, has that been dicey for you? It's not dicey. I wouldn't say because we are known for lifting up Jesus. And if Jesus is the center of everything you do, if you, if everything you do comes uh, out of the Bible, then uh, that doesn't mean there's no controversy because we're in a very fragmented world. And um, but the but what we always do is point to Jesus Christ. What is Jesus doing in this situation? And of course, He's walking with us through this terrible time, this terrible extended time of pandemic. Now, uh, 
from my perspective, you know, you sort of have to be careful about both sides here because I'm not going to shame someone. I'm not going to shame someone for not uh, ha- having the vaccine. Right. right? It's a personal thing. No. If, yeah. if you want to do that, I mean, I'm going to do it. I'm, I've gotten both shots here. So I'm feeling fine about this. And to be honest, I mean, my second shot, everyone's going, oh, the second shot is one you're, you're going to be, you know, feeling some pain. I had a brief <laughs> yeah. less than four hours where I kind of felt a little bit under the weather. But, but he did contact me immediately, Tom, so that he let me in on that window when he was feeling terrible. I did. I, you know, I just wanted, <laughs> I, I'm a big Sorry. enough baby that I like to share my pain. That's good. And, I, and, I was right, happy to hear it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, but at the I same time. Well, can I say a time, couple things? We're yeah, Presbyterian, and we were, we were founded almost 250, about 250 years ago by the Scots-Irish. And the Scots-Irish have always been deeply independent people. Yep. And so they left, they left England, they left Scotland and, and, and Ireland because they didn't want kings telling them what to do. What to do. So the skepticism, this independence is deep in the DNA, not just the yeah. Presbyterians, but of, of all evangelicals. I mean, it's, it's deep into the DNA of our country. And um, so, so that was the first thing that, that comes to mind when there's skepticism. We're naturally skeptic people. But the, the other piece is when all this started, you know, I tried to say, what is the faithful response of Christians in a time like this? And I, I, I had read this book. It's a wonderful book by Rodney Stark called The Rise of Christianity. Oh, yeah. Stark is a historian. Sure. And he, he talks about what, was about what was it about the Jesus movement that made a difference in the world of the, the Greco-Roman world of the first couple centuries, and the, even the people who persecuted Christians noted that the Christians were the ones who went into the cities when the plagues struck. They gave their lives caring for the people who were persecuting them. They prayed for their persecutors' forgiveness before God uh, and, and died for them. Well, today, we have to make the corresponding sacrifice, if you call it a sacrifice, is to get the shot. So in getting the shot, it protects you, but it protects those who you might disagree with politically or you might not like what they're telling you to do. So it's the faithful thing is getting the shot. Again, having said that, it's not, it's not like belief in Jesus. It's not an article of faith. It's, it's just an act of faithfulness. Tom, thanks. I mean, I appreciate the insight here of, I think the die is cast, right? Here we are uh, in 2021. Um, you're either going to get the shot or you're not. Are we going to well, reach it does herd seem, immunity? It, it does seem, though, John, that numbers, it doesn't just seem that. Data is showing us that people who were vaccine resistant even six weeks ago are becoming less so now. All right. Well, we'll see. But I really, I, I don't have high hopes that we're going to reach herd, immun- herd immunity but it is what it is. Um, I feel protected. I feel good. I'm ready to go out and, and be part of the, the life again. And I think probably for people who didn't get the shot or have already been part of it and they go, it's faulty science or it's dangerous. I'm not going to do it. You can't convince me otherwise. So what's the point of me trying to debate somebody who's not right. going to do it, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, well, but there is, well, you know, Tommy. We're also the same people who are skeptical of, of why it takes so long to get something through government. So when the government does something quickly, we should say, yes, yes, this is good on you instead of instead of saying, well, that was too fast. I'm into that. All right. Well, thanks for your perspective on that. That's the uh, Reverend Tom Hall, pastor of First Presbyterian Church and Sixth Downtown. We'll be right back. It's the Monday edition. It is the ride home. 
So I'd love to show you why using my dad and I's mortgage team and our direct lender advantage could be a big deal by comparing us to one of the greatest places on earth, our local butcher shop. Every time I walk in, they call me by name. The steaks are always fresh because they didn't use some middleman, which also means more value for my dollar. And they're always trying to do the little extras, like an extra pork chop. I'm Ryan, and I think you'll find that our mortgage team is similar. We're small enough to specifically know you and your case. But we're also an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender. Our company uses its own money and makes its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. Susie from Underwriting is right down the hall. And she's pretty cool, despite being a Yankees fan. For you, this often allows us to work faster and get you a better rate, which can save you lifelong money. Our extra pork chop is that your appraisal fees are on us, up to $500. We our United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. If you owe back taxes, there's a lot you need to know, starting with rule number one. Don't mess with the IRS. They are cracking down this year by sending out heart-stopping letters, actively garnishing paychecks, levying bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. That's all true, but it's also true there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an important government program for tax debt assistance. It's one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered, so now's the time. You could qualify for tax relief that saves you thousands, even tens of thousands. Nobody knows this program like the award-winning experts at Optimus. Tax Relief. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and will fight to get you the best deal possible. Don't mess with the IRS. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. The world has changed a lot over this past year. If you are turning 65 or currently on Medicare, Assurance can help you get confidence in knowing you have the health care coverage you need. Chat with a licensed insurance agent for a free no-obligation Medicare Advantage plan consultation with Assurance at 1-833-381-1599. That's 1-833-381-1599 or Assurance.com slash radio. Together, Assurance can help recommend a Medicare Advantage plan that's right for you. Learning has definitely changed these days. What hasn't changed is the unwavering support parents received from their local Christian school. Many were quick to adapt to the new normal with remote classes taught by caring teachers who pray for students and their families every day. With many schools offering half-price tuition for first-time enrollees, like Eden Christian Academy in the North Hills, it's a great time to consider Christian education. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Celebrity birthdays. Oh. This segment everybody loves is back. Only one celebrity today, though, John. It's Bono's birthday. Bono, he's big enough for three celebrities. He's only 5'6". Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, he is only 5'6". So he's, he's not an talent. physically big, but he is. he has a lot of talent. He has a whole mm. lot of personality. Yep. Um, how old do you think Bono is today, John? Bono, uh, Bono's been around a long time. Uh, I would say Bono is uh, the big 6-0. Bono's 60 so years old. So close. He's the 6-1. He's what? He's the 6-1. Six one. One. Oh, he's yep. 61. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday to Bono. Yep. A favorite U2 album of all time. Uh, all That You Can't Leave Behind is my number one favorite. Oh. 
Second, I would probably say Octung Baby. Third, Joshua Tree. Hey, clearly you're a fan. Yeah. I think Joshua Tree is my favorite. It's okay. Yeah. I think I, that's when I fell in love. I really fully fell in love with you two. First love really gets at the heart. Yep. Anyway, I'm going to go have my glasses tinted like Bono and uh, <laughs> try to sing as well. Okay. All right, back for the 5 o'clock hour. We're just getting underway. Lots more ahead. It's for Christian Talk, the ride home here in Word FM. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden will meet with top congressional leaders of both parties for the first time this week. Greg Cluxton has more in this report. On Wednesday, the president will host House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, and House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. It's the first time the top Republican leaders have been invited to meet with Mr. Biden since he took office. The president is seeking support for his $4 trillion proposals covering infrastructure, education, child care, and other priorities. Greg Clugston, the White House. Mother's Day weekend meant bigger crowds at U.S. airports. The Transportation Security Administration says its agents screened slightly more than 1.7 million people on Sunday. That's the highest number since March 2020 when the pandemic struck. On Wall Street, the Dow is ahead 66 points, but the Nasdaq is down 327. This is SRN News. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement offer valid through June 30th. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That is windowsruspittsburgh.com. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. Select quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. This Friday, fall in love with Finding You. What brings you to Ireland, Finley Sinclair? I'm looking for something real. 
critics are calling it a total delight. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Well, I'm excited. And the best romantic comedy in years. I can't wait to see it all. If you like Notting Hill, you'll love Finding You. It's amazing. Finally something we can agree on. Finding You. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Starts Friday only in theaters. Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon is teaching kids the way they are wired to learn. Kids Love Jubilee because their award-winning integrated curriculum offers lots of hands-on learning. Parents love Jubilee for the opportunities to be involved and the open communication they have with teachers. Tour the school each Monday through May 24th and find out all there is to love about Jubilee Christian School. Now enrolling K-6 through grade. Imagine. Believe. Achieve. Visit jubileecs.org slash visit slash tours. We'll see a few clouds for tonight. It'll be cold with a low of 39. Cool tomorrow with intervals of clouds and sun. Breezy in the afternoon at a high of 54. Partly cloudy tomorrow night. Temperatures approaching near record lows. Freezing temperatures in the normally colder spots. We'll see a low of 35. Wednesday, sunshine followed by a few clouds and a high of 57. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, of course, the pandemic has been hard on business and education, you name it, right? The pandemic was a, is an equal opportunity offender. But I saw a piece in the Wall Street Journal today about uh, Christian and Catholic education. Check this out, Kath. In 1970, some 4.4 million students attended Catholic elementary and secondary schools. Okay. Last year... You were one of them. I was one of them. Last year, there were just 1.2 million Okay, what was what was the first number, John? Four point four million. Okay, that's a gigantic dip. So twenty five percent. Yeah, I mean, well, more than that. Look, no, it went from four point four to one point one. Less. Okay. Gigantic. Now, uh, of course, uh, you and myself, at one point or another, we had our children in Christian schools, Mm -hmm. and of course, to attend a private school is not a um, inexpensive endeavor. I'll say that right. You pay a lot, a lot of money uh, to have your child educated by believers, and have that Christ-centered education. For me, and I think you would say this as well, Kath, it was money well spent. Mm -hmm. I agree. However, especially in a, in a Catholic uh, a Christian education perspective, you see what's happened with uh, the Catholic sex abuse uh, crisis over the last five or 10 years that has driven a lot of people away. And one of the big things, of course, is the pandemic, because, you know, during the pandemic, I'm not going to pay private school education to have my child re- uh, learn remotely. It's just not going to happen. And for a lot of people who were on the edge anyway, you know, trying to pay private school education, they just couldn't do it. People lost their jobs. Uh, times were hard. So it really has driven down private Christian and or Catholic school education in this past year. Well, I have to say that the uh, the statistics I know that are local, John, which I'm not going to share right now because I don't have the permission to do that and I'm not an authority figure on it, but I have several people who are in leadership at local Christian schools. Their enrollment is skyrocketing. 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 And the reason why is that people are tired of public schools not being in person. 
and the Christian schools have been in person. Um, my sister teaches at a Christian school, not in the state of Pennsylvania, in a different state. So um, I'm just telling you her experience, but she they never missed a single day because of COVID. No kidding. They were in, they were in every single day. Um, and so it worked out very well for them. Our, our neighbors here in the Pittsburgh area, um, were long time, uh, public school, uh, a public school family, and they just got absolutely sick and tired of what was going on in the city. And they said, you know, we're done. And so we're sending our kids to a Christian school. Now, I don't know for a fact that these people, I'm not sure how, you know, faith filled their lives are, but they really wanted their kids to be in person and they were tired of the, you know, ridiculous stuff that was going on in the city. And so they just decided to send their kids to Christian school and they've been there since, uh, I want to say December 1st. Okay. Now I can also say, because I have a friend who's, as I said, in leadership in a local Christian school, um, that enrollment is four times what it was five years ago. Four times. That's fabulous. Okay. Well, God bless the Christian schools then, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean there's, they're, they're filling a void, right? People are, uh, are, are tired of watching their kids, whether they're a kid who's six years old or a kid that's 16 years old, um, being in online school for the song. Mm-hmm. And you don't blame them, right? I mean, nope. I can't imagine having children that age and just trying to keep yourself sane, trying to keep them educated, trying to maintain your job. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a lot to manage at one time. So people who've decided to make a change um, for the sake of their kids, you know, go for it. Okay. So the big thing I think for the, you know, the public schools closing, of course, were the teachers unions where the teachers said, yeah, we're not going in there because we're going to get sick as well. So just forget about it. They essentially were the ones who, you know, sort of held the power. You couldn't force the teachers to come back. The union of course is very strong, but you know, in Christian schools or Catholic schools, there is no union, union, right? right? But there also should be an example that those schools have been back the whole time and they haven't had huge outbreaks. Mm -hmm. How about your sister? Okay. So your sister, uh, did she get COVID? No, really? No, my sister, my sister won't get a vaccine either. So no kidding. Yeah. All that time with all those kids, I mean, a full year, no vaccine. She's not going to get a vaccine and she's good to go. Now my husband, my husband teaches in a private school here in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, It's not a Christian school. Um, but he teaches in a private school and they have been in class in person for most of the year. I mean, there's been a lot of COVID. Yeah. There was, there was the, there was that time off between Thanksgiving and Christmas, right. When all the schools were closed. So he wasn't in for that. And if they had, you know, a classroom that had a student who got COVID or a teacher who got COVID, they would close that down, you know, for the two week window, but the rest of the school kept going. Did he get COVID? No. Unbelievable. Mm -mm. Okay, so look, we were just talking about vaccine skeptics in the last segment, right? Now, when you hear stories like that, you kind of go, wait a second, maybe these guys are right. I mean, you know, we've been, you know, fed a lot of stuff. Maybe, you know, the people who were like the anti-vaxxers and the anti-COVID thing are going, maybe they were right. Because, well, here's the thing, we're all trying to figure this out as we go along. Right. We're trying to pay attention to the governing authorities because that's how, you know, Jesus told us to live. Yes. Right. Um, They're so telling want, us we, this is this is we, coming. Right, this is going to happen. That people that. Are gonna... but, but we knew from the very beginning, John, we weren't following people who had godlike abilities. I mean, they were fallen people. I mean, you know, how at the beginning, I was so frustrated uh, with people in Pennsylvania who were being so hard on Governor Wolf. And listen, I am not a fan of the governor, but I just felt like, would you want to be the governor in the I middle of a pandemic? Job. Like we, none of us know exactly what we're doing. He didn't know exactly what he was doing. Now, I've spoken on the air about several you know, complaints I've had and some 
you know, certain, I have some profound differences <laughs> with the governor on several issues, but I do want to extend want to share good, a few of those emails, but no, no, I don't think okay. I want to do that right now, okay. but I would like to extend goodwill to people who are in leadership positions, whether at schools or in, you know, state government or federal, whatever it is, because it's just hard to figure out how to do it. And goodwill to those people who think differently than you and I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. We, I mean, there's the problem, right? The forward. Everyone's trying to figure it out on their own. And of course, there's government mandates. So you kind of go, well, the government's saying this. And so apparently they know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. They're talking to the health experts, whether it's CDC or not. Say what you will about the CDC, because there's a lot to be said about that. So you you try to do the right thing. Right. There's no perfect. Okay. Have you talked to any people, you know, John, who um, live in other countries? Well, we talked to uh, Sheridan Voisey. Okay. Joins us monthly from from England, from right? the UK, right? Yeah. So, what has has shared and shared anything with you, COVID wise, that's been interesting, like a, a difference in how we're doing it and the way they're doing it in the UK? Uh, well, I believe that those citizens in the UK, whenever the whenever the lockdown came, which was, I believe, much more draconian it was, than it what was, happened yeah, here. Yeah, there was a curfew. Yeah, right. I mean, they just really right. shut it down. I mean, yeah. super shut it yeah. down. That. He acquiesced. And I don't think there was a lot of grumbling about this. The population kind of went, okay, we're going to shut it down. And they just sucked it up. Now, have they suffered? Of course they've suffered. Have they rebounded? I believe that they have. And I think probably better than we have rebounded. But we'll see, I guess, proofs in the pudding, you know, two years, five years, a decade down the road, whenever there's studies and commentary and much more insight that's available now, we'll see what, you know, what were the best practices. Mm-hmm. But when you hear different yeah, stories like good? your sister, you think, yeah. wait a second, what what happened there? What, right. We, we just shut everything down. And, you know, your sister, who's probably my age or mm-hmm. close to my age, she right. was like, I'm OK. Right. So what was right? Okay. What was okay good? But here it, it, it gives me a good perspective to hear from people who are outside either our state or our country. I have a good friend, Daniel, who lives in Indonesia, who I talk to regularly. The, the situation there from a governmental perspective, very different. First off, they don't have very much vaccine there. Okay, so the vaccine they do have is is restricted for people who are first responders at this point. Um, the second thing is that the Islamic community in Indonesia well, not is not going to social. They're not going to be socially distant. They're no. just not doing it. They're, they're just not doing it anymore. Right. Um, they weren't really a large percentage of Indonesia, right? Yeah, they, right. They weren't doing it at first and they're certainly not doing it now. Um, so there are just huge swaths of people in, you know, the uh, most populous Muslim country in the world who uh, percentage wise, who are just not going to do it. Right. And so now, now why haven't they ha- now they have had a lot of covid in Indonesia. I'm not saying they haven't had covid, but they haven't had like gigantic outbreaks, the type that we're seeing in India or that we saw in Brazil. Why is that? Or I here. don't think anybody knows. I don't think anybody knows. I think there's going to you know, it's going to take us a many, many years to figure out what we did not know about COVID-19. I mean, you know, and sometimes when you hear people speak with such certainty, you know, I, I, that's not me, but people are so certain. This is how it is a hundred percent. And you're, you know, I believe the science or I believe you're being lied to. Right. right? And there's or that I believe the science and you don't see so your science denier. I, I don't know. Those people who are absolutely certain, it's not me, but everybody's got an opinion. Yeah. And this is where we are right now in 2021. Uh, hopefully we're opening back up and things are going to go back to whatever that normal thing is. Listen, I'm, ex- I'm getting my second vaccine tomorrow. Fabulous. 
Okay. So look, if I don't feel well in the 15 minutes after Gary, John, may I call you? No. What, what's tomorrow? Tuesday. No, mm-hmm. it'll be Wednesday. It'll be your sick day. Well, but I'm, there's that 15 minutes where I also might get ill. I'd just like to be able to call somebody. I think you guys would no. be, you know. Right, Gary says, no, don't call him. Don't call Gary. Okay, forget do, it. Do not call him, right? Okay. <laughs> just call general EMS. I have no friends. <laughs> Let's take a break. Come back. Uh, we're going to talk in a few minutes. Um, Carl Truman, polemic by beauty. That's straight ahead. WORD. I'm Kenny Woods from Word FM, along with John Hall and Kathy Emmons from The Ride Home. We are partnering with Bible League International on Open the Floodgates, Bibles for Africa. In many parts of countries like Kenya, Ghana, Tanzania, and Mozambique, as many as 9 out of 10 Christians are denied God's Word by corrupt governments, poverty, and remoteness. That's exactly why we're partnering with Bible League International to send Bibles to 2,800 new believers in Africa. $5 sends a Bible, $50 sends 10, $500 sends 100. Call 800-YES-WORD to send Bibles today or go to wordfm.com slash Bibles to give online. Maybe you can relate to this. A lot of people think they're stuck with their health plan. It costs too much or for whatever reason, they just don't like it. But great news, you are not stuck with it. There is a choice. It's called MediShare and you could save so much. The typical savings for family is 500 bucks a month. Major difference maker. This is the affordable alternative to health insurance. And just to give you a little more info about MediShare, it's a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. It's worked beautifully for 26 years, has more than 400,000 members, and they've shared over $3 billion of each other's medical bills. So yes, they can help share your needs too. So you're not stuck. There's an excellent alternative, whether you're single or married, you got a family. MediShare is super flexible. You can choose an option that works for you and start saving lots of money. You can join anytime. They're great to talk to. No pressure. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Spring House. Do you have a special event coming up in your life? A shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all natural, farm fresh foods? Then it's time to give the Spring House Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm fresh catering from the Springhouse. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. weekend, there was a terrific op-ed piece by David Brooks, whose major point in the piece was, you know, we as Americans, we are so disparate 
But there was a time, especially, you know, the greatest generation, those parents and grandparents, great-grandparents who went to World War II, sacrificed the ultimate sacrifice and made this country tick, right? Mm -hmm. Really sort of essentially changed the world, whether it's uh, here in the United States or those in England, all the allies, it's a took on the Japanese and the Germans, that greatest generation. We showed each other what heroism is. Yeah. And within that, there was this sacrifice, something worth dying for. And so whether it's David Brooks making that point in a terrific piece over the weekend or our next guest talking about his friend, well, uh, the basic point is simple. For life to be worthwhile, we must believe that there are indeed things for which it is worth dying. Carl Truman is with us. Dr. Truman is from the Department of Biblical and Religious Studies at Grove City College. His brand new book is called The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Revolution. Dr. Truman, welcome back to the show. It's great to be here as always. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Carl, in the the David Brooks piece, which John just cited, Uh, Mr. Brooks basically talks about the fact that, you know, Americans stormed the beaches at Normandy and um, because they recognized that there was something greater than the individual and they were willing to sacrifice. Um, But when it comes to the vaccine conversation, we become very individualistic. But of course, it's not only the vaccine conversation. It's all over the place where we have to, you know, sort through whether we're being we believe in an issue uh, so strongly because we're interested in preserving ourselves or our own position or because we're interested in the larger good of culture. Um, Talk about your thoughts on this. Carl, how do you approach it? Yeah, I think one of the things we've seen really in the last 20 or 30 years is is a a major loss of of belief in anything bigger than ourselves uh, to strive for. The example I use in class is I, I begin my humanities class at Grove by getting the students to reflect on Cologne Cathedral, which took about 300 years to build. And I make the point that the first person who laid the very first foundation stone there knew they would not live to see the final product, but they still thought it was worth doing. And I say, nobody today is going to start work on something that isn't going to be completed for 300 years because Mm. we want our gratification for ourselves very quickly. And I think that... That reflects uh, a lot of of modern culture, Um, as you pointed out, men who uh, and women who sacrificed in the Second World War uh, were doing so because there was something larger than themselves that they thought was more important than themselves. And that's a very hard thing for people of my generation and younger to to understand these days. Yes. So, Carl, what about the the cultural institutions, the institutions that are really most under assault in our current cultural moment. Um, I mean, it's one thing to have faith in the church, but the church oftentimes, as you know, whether it's, you know, uh, 2021 or 1641, we tend to be our own worst enemy. And uh, that's just how it is, right? Um, Cultural institutions, whether inside or outside, they are under attack as well. And of course, um, they bring up the idea of the, the army of one, that it's more important for us as individuals as opposed for the greater good for a larger sense of an institution sort of enduring the uh, the arc of time. Yeah, I think you're absolutely correct there. Uh, the book by, by my friend Archbishop Chaput, Things Worth Dying For, makes this, this point quite brilliantly where he talks about, you know, he, he says that the things that typically are worth dying for are, 
family, nation, and church. Those are the things that have inspired people uh, over the years. And all three of those are in, if not complete free fall at this point, certainly highly contested. Uh, the family is, is routinely mocked by the media and by the wider culture. Uh, the nation, I mean, America doesn't even seem to know who she is anymore. Was she founded in 1619 or 1776? The very fact that that debate exists at all shows that national identity is, is now contested. And the church, of course, is, is riven, as always, by internal corruption, but has also come under vigorous assault from uh, external uh, attacks and, and critics as well. So all three of the traditional mm -hmm. institutions that that give us something bigger than ourselves to, to believe in, give us something bigger than ourselves to identify ourselves by, all three of them are, as I say, if not in free fall, certainly in significant difficulty at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, Carl, you're wrapping up a semester at Grove City College as a professor there. Um, I have a daughter who's graduating next week and uh, one who's fresh, just finishing out her freshman year. And their perspective on institutions is really different. Even though uh, my kids were raised in the church um, and they had significant um, involvement in certain community institutions as they were growing up, um, there's still a sense where they feel like they can't count on something bigger or maybe it's not that they can't count on it except that they're they're not going to be surprised if it falls yes i think there is a, a kind of cultural cynicism that yeah. is not entirely unwarranted of course i mean cynicism that's unwarranted would, would not gain any foothold in the culture but i think there is a, a pervasive suspicion of certainly of traditional institutions Perhaps the more you know, newer institutions, Facebook, tech, etc., there's less suspicion of them. But traditional institutions are certainly looked at more critically, I think, by the rising generation. Though my suspicion is, from my experience at Grove, that less so by the typical Grove student, who tends to be more conservative in orientation than perhaps by young people in general. Carl, um I, like a lot of people, probably yourself as well, I, I walk around my neighborhood, you know, uh, I do a daily walk with a dog. And of course, um, in so many yards now, there are the ubiquitous signs and the signs, you know, they list dictates. Um, in this house, we believe black lives matter. Women's rights are human rights. No human is illegal. Science is real. Love is love. Kindness is everything. And that has become a mantra. And of course, you know, uh, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, point the finger and, and, you know, blanket statement. I disagree with these things. At its core, of course, you, you believe these things. But the way that they're presented to us as the gospel, I, I believe that there's, there's my problem mm. with that. And, I, and I'll see that. And, and I'll talk about, you know, when I'm walking with my kids, I'll see that. And we've had any number of conversations about that. And so my kids will push back, like Kathy's kids. My, my child's a, a Grover as well. And, and at one point he says to me, Dad, I would agree with you, but I would agree with you in secret. Really? <laughs> oh, that's I, interesting. I think is really interesting yeah. because he's part of the stew of, you know, a 21 yeah. or a 23-year-old. And one thing we can present that, you know, the sign is in the yard and everyone's on board that we must agree with this as a society. Otherwise, you know, you're in the cultural dustbin. But at the same time, he's a believer and was raised in this household. 
So he'll nod his head, but believe in what I'm talking about in some way in secret. Yes, and I think you're pointing there to, to a number of problems. One, there is what I would describe as the abolition or, or the politicization of private space. That for my generation, yeah, mm. we, there were certain areas uh, of our lives where politics didn't matter. Uh, my best friend in the UK when I was a young academic was a card-carrying Marxist. And we got on well. We were good friends because the significant difference in politics that existed between us did not affect us engaging in a very friendly way on a whole host of other fronts, of, of common loves that we had, if you like. Uh, secondly, I think, particularly for young people, this abolition of, of private space means that the, the way that you belong in public is now sort of highly policed by your peers, such that any dissent mm. or, or any significant dissent from the perceived consensus uh, can very quickly become... Uh, a matter of, of huge pre peer pressure brought against you. Uh, it's one of the great things about being in my 50s. I say to the students, the great thing is, there's nothing they can say to offend me. I don't care anymore. You know, I'm, I'm close enough to death not to worry about these things. <laughs> but for young people, I think the pressures are, are huge, and I don't yeah. envy them at all. We're talking to Dr. Carl Truman. Carl is the Department of Biblical and Religious Studies at Grove City College, also the author of the book I'm holding up right now uh, to the screen on Facebook, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Revolution. Uh, Carl, for people who are listening who might have um, children or they themselves are maybe suffering through this you know, lack of faith in institutions, um, how do you repair that? What's, what's the, is there a road back? I think it's difficult, and I think there's, there's probably not a one-size-fits-all answer, nor a sort of magic bullet or argument that one can give to young people that will solve the problem. I think for myself, uh, a solid family community mm -hmm. is critical. I mean, the best way to get young people to trust institutions is to show them institutions worthy of their trust. Mm -hmm. So I think that a, a good, strong family and uh, a good, strong church community are important. Now, many kids don't grow up in strong families, and I would perhaps urge other people in church to, to invite people into your family. Have people around, not just for lunch, but have them around for, for family events. Make them feel they belong to your family and to the church family. I, I really think that community and the fostering of community has to be part of the foundation of restoring uh, young people's trust in, in other people and in institutions. Well, Carl, strange, interesting times. And to be honest, I'm, you know, I'm on board with you. I'm of an age where I go, well, you know, I, I don't want to be an old fuddy-duddy and shake my fist at clouds, but uh, clearly our time has passed and there is a new rise here. Um, and you, with your students at Grove City College and just, you know, being a father and Kath being a mother, you, you want to do the right thing and you want to speak the truth at the same time you want to do it in a way that's kind and generous and uh it's difficult to be alive in these very strange uh sort of quickly changing times to be a person of faith but also to be a person of good cheer it is but i think that you know the bible is very clear that we are to to speak the truth in love uh, we are not in our anger. We're not to sin. There are all kinds of instructions in the Bible as to how we are to address those with whom we disagree and engage 
uh, with other people. And I think it, it behooves Christians at this moment in time to be firm but gracious in the way we state our views and engage with those we disagree with. I suspect that won't work a lot of the time. No. But there's a sense in which we can still go to bed at night with our consciences clear. Uh, we behave the way we do because God wants us to behave this way, not because necessarily it's going to get the result. Uh, so I would say to, to Christians, do not grow weary of doing good at this point. Uh, comport yourself with, with grace and firmness and truth in this world and trust God for, for the increase, so to speak. That's Dr. Carl Truman. He's the author of, wait, I'm going to hold it up again. The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Revolution. Carl, we always appreciate your time with us. Thank you so much for your kindness and your wisdom. Thanks for having me on again. Our great pleasure. Grove City College, we love it. We'll take a quick break, come back. It's our daily feature. Does this make sense? Does it make sense? Well, shockingly, and with great celebration and fanfare, another year in college has come to a close. Grove City College has weathered the storm. And unlike a lot of colleges, Grove City was committed to meeting and teaching in person. Now, of course, in this COVID era, nothing was perfect. And there were illnesses and incidences. And it was a bumpy ride, but the thousands and thousands of students at Grove City College, they made it through. So with some foresight and some wisdom, Grove City continues to meet in person. And Kath and I had students on campus at Grove City. We're proud to say our kids are Grovers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, you know, for any parent of any college student or high school student in particular, I mean, anybody, parent of any age child over the last year and a half, Boy, it has been a real challenge. Mm -hmm. um, I can speak as a parent, as John said, of, of a Grove City student. And I just think, you know, when, when things are as topsy-turvy as they have been, and there's so much uncertainty, it is really a comfort to see that there's an organization that is so well organized, so well run, and the decisions they're making, they're doing their best that they would be godly ones. And so as a parent, all I can say is, it's been a great ride in spite of COVID, and the semester is almost over. GCC.edu online. This Friday, fall in love with Finding You. What brings you to Ireland, Finley Sinclair? I'm looking for something real. Critics are calling it a total delight. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Well, I'm excited. And the best romantic comedy in years. I can't wait to see it all. If you like Notting Hill, you'll love Finding You. It's amazing. Finally something we can agree on. Finding You. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Starts Friday only in theaters. Having your own home is awesome, but it's also a lot of work. The good news? Finding help for your projects is easier than ever. Introducing Angie, the app that puts all your home care needs at your fingertips. Need a pro to fix that emergency leak? Maybe find someone to build a deck or even set your seasonal tasks on autopilot. Angie can handle all that and more. Expert pros, hundreds of home projects, clear pricing, and the easiest way to book and pay in seconds. This is Angie, your home for everything home. Download the app today. 
Are you interested in furthering your career in law enforcement? Waynesburg University offers a 100% online Master of Arts in Criminal Investigation. Our flexible, affordable program for law enforcement professionals is taught by experts from the field. Visit waynesburg.edu. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh. To hear us there, we're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. We'll see a few clouds for tonight. It'll be cold with a low of 39. Cool tomorrow with intervals of clouds and sun. Breezy in the afternoon at a high of 54. Partly cloudy tomorrow night. Temperatures approaching near record lows. Freezing temperatures in the normally colder spots will see a low of 35. Wednesday, sunshine followed by a few clouds and a high of 57. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. This makes sense. Does what make sense? Refinishing furniture. You know, there are a ton of outlets for buying furniture. You can go on Amazon and probably buy any piece of furniture you want to buy. Does it make sense to take an old piece? Maybe it's mucked up by paint. Maybe the varnish got all screwed up. Is it worth taking the time to go back and fix it? Why don't you bring this up? Because right now, my elbows are resting on a piece of furniture that I've refinished. A desk that I dearly love, that I bought for like $5 at the Pittsburgh Public School Warehouse when there was such a thing. Mm-hmm. Brought that baby home, stripped it down. I've been enjoying this desk for, I bet you, 25 years. So it makes perfect sense because there's some beautiful things out there that people have painted over and whatnot. All of a sudden, there's new life. It makes perfect sense. Now, do you, please tell me you think this makes sense. Yes. Oh, my God. Gosh, whatever piece that you're thinking of refinishing, mm. if it was made 1950s and earlier, yep. it's better than anything you can buy right oh, now. Man. Anything this- you can buy right now, unless you're you're going to spend drop $10,000 on a piece right. of wood furniture that's made now. I mean, that might be very well done, but most people aren't going to do that. Most people are going to go to, you know, wherever I'm not going to, you know, disparage some local furniture maker. But I'm just saying yeah. the way they did it decades and decades ago, way superior I the agree. way we're doing it now. However, having said that, it's it such is a messy, pain in the neck. stinky, Listen, toxic, dangerous. Just, you just have to know what you're doing oh, before you right. get into it because you're going to hate yourself if you don't yeah. count the cost. You, you're going to mess things up, boy. Hope you, have, hope you got a big garage or a place that's pure ventilation. Okay, I don't want to throw an entire industry under the bus. but Oh, I can't wait. I'm thinking about this because I'm looking at my closet thinking I'm headed back into the studio. Does dry cleaning make sense? Dry cleaning. It sure I mean, does, John. No, no. Yes, it, does it not. does. It doesn't make sense. Yes, it does. I'm done with it. If I if I don't go back into a dry cleaner, I'll not miss it. I'm sorry. I'm not going to buy things that require dry cleaning from this day oh, forward. Are we back to the tracksuit? The tracksuit is pretty darn good, and it oh doesn't need any dry gosh. cleaning. For heaven's but, sake, John, do you want to be the person who doesn't own anything that's dry cleanable? Do you want to be that man? Well, maybe I do. Because look, I mean, there's been a, a revolution in how fabrics are manufactured, and right? You can oh, have listen, a nice well, suit. Like, all of a sudden, you're talking fabric revolution? Really? You were talking <laughs> tracksuit and tinted glasses four days back. 
<laughs> I'm just trying to work it, Kath, and look at the cutting edge and seeing what works for me. That's okay. all I'm saying. All right. You're mixing a lot of metaphors here. 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. What are two of the biggest factors to a new believer growing successfully in their walk with God? Pastor Greg Laurie says it's spending time in God's Word and spending time learning directly from a believer who's older in the faith. That's what we'll be discussing this week on A New Beginning, lessons on walking more closely with God. Join us. A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, weekday mornings at 1030 on WORD. Here's Dr. J. Vernon McGee with a poem about Bible study. Yes, I thought I knew the Word, but I found that thorough reading was a different thing to do when I read the Bible through. If you've been on the Bible bus for long, you know letters are a big deal to through the Bible. Tell them how your Bible study with them has changed your life by logging on to our station website, keyword letter. Send a note of encouragement today at wordfm.com slash letter. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. I'm Pastor Tom Hall. Did you know that First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, is the oldest anything in Pittsburgh? Older than any newspaper, school, or business. Join us Sundays in person at 1045 a.m. Hear the timeless good news of Jesus Christ. We'll be social distancing and keeping everyone safe, so let us know you're coming at fpcp.org. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. Suicide. (sighs) My guess is that somewhere within your circle of family, friends, people that you know and love, you've known someone who's either committed suicide or a family member themselves has succumbed to suicide. When you think about that, the church, I believe, still is uncomfortable with this Mm -hmm. topic, with this conversation. A lot of people just get freaked or scared or judgmental. Suicide. Dr. Catherine Butler is back with us. She is a trauma and critical care surgeon 
who recently left clinical practice to homeschool her children. She's written for Desiring God and Christianity Today. She is the author of Between Life and Death and Glimmers of Grace, a doctor's reflection on faith, suffering, and the goodness of God. She also blogs regularly at uh, Ocean's Rise, but she wrote a piece at uh, the Gospel Coalition site called How the Church Can Help in Suicide Prevention. And Dr. Butler, this is a necessary and, of course, very timely topic. Thanks for being with us. Oh, thanks so much for having me on, John and Kathy. Yeah, Katie, it's been so long. Really good to hear I know. your <laughs> you voice too. again. Yeah, and, and, and good to talk about something that's that's so important, and yet it's sure. so painful. Um, let's talk about your clinical experience first. Um, we've talked in the past about, you know, your what your medical school training is, um, was, mm-hmm. and, you know, for better or worse, you can't teach, you know, a student everything in four years. <laughs> and then you add on a residency and maybe a fellowship that you're still not going to know everything, but, but what do you right. think, um, how deeply do you get into issues like suicide or, um, mental health when you are, um, doing your four years of medical school? Oh, goodness. I mean, you see it in every sphere, every specialty, it touches you because people are suffering and afflicted by it. And that then influences how they heal. And, you know, for me personally, uh, it haunts me because as a trauma surgeon, I was taking care of people who were on the flip side of a suicide attempt. And so Mm. there's one particular gentleman that always remains in my memory uh, who came in after he'd thrown himself off of an overpass and he was young. He was only like 17 and we did what we could, but we ultimately, his injuries were so severe that we couldn't save him. And every time I drive into Boston, I still look up and I see that overpass and there's this bouquet of old plastic flowers that were placed there years ago. And I, it just, it just gut wrenching because we see the aftermath in the hospital of the attempts and the anguish that I just wonder, gosh, what was he going through where death is as terrifying as it is seemed like the better alternative than living. How, how awful was his existence and could anything have been done? And so Katie, you write in your piece that incidences of suicide have increased by 33% from 1999 to 2017. It ranks as the second leading cause of death for ages 10 to 34 and the fourth for ages 35 to 54. So uh, underneath all those shocking statistics, of course, are um, the underlying mental health conditions of depression, bipolar disorder, and substance abuse. That's what's driving things, yes? Yes, yeah. 90% of people who die by suicide have an underlying mental health condition, most commonly depression, but bipolar disorder and substance abuse also are risk factors. And what we've seen in terms of the increase, you know, it's, it's probably multifactorial, it's probably increased rates of depression, which we have seen over time. But socioeconomic stressors also seem to play a role. So the rise in suicide has followed the curve of the rise in the opioid epidemic. And so among people who were struggling in rural communities where economic decline has been the steepest and the abuse of opioids has been highest, we've also seen um, suicide rates rise. And during the past year with COVID-19, the overall incidence of suicide hasn't appeared to change, but it's actually increased significantly among those who are most afflicted by the pandemic. So those of Hispanic or African-American descent and essential workers and unpaid caregivers who weren't able to isolate and whom the pandemic has hit the hardest uh, actually have had an increase in their rates of suicide over the last year. 
That's interesting. Yeah. Katie, we've had uh, yeah. suicide in our family. And uh, mm. as I've shared with family and friends ab- about this, I've constantly been surprised by people's response to that. Most people, of course, yeah. are, are very compassionate and empathetic. But there are certain mm-hmm. people who look at you as though all of a sudden you've grown, you know, uh, another head. The um, oh, dis- the disgust, I would say, um, pointed at you ha- has been shocking. Now, of course, everybody comes at this from different perspectives. And it surprises me. And so I wonder, you know, as a, as a mm-hmm. physician and as a believer, what are those things that, you know, when you talk about suicide, you know, from a clinical mm-hmm. perspective and as a believer, what can you break down for us that we can look at suicide, especially from a spiritual perspective? Yeah, absolutely. So I think I think the real key when you're thinking about suicide is to realize that people who are driven to do this, they're mired in suffering. And whatever the underlying causes, we as a church are called to love neighbor and to have compassion for the suffering. And it really begins, I think, there and and to have compassion also for the grieving of those who've lost a loved one to suicide. You know, and in a lot of respects, I think the church already helps um, because church attendance and high spiritual coping have actually been linked with a lower suicide risk. Um, and there are reasons for that are multifactorial. It gives people a sense of belonging. It gives people uh, a connection. Since social isolation, social isolation is actually a risk factor for suicide as well. Um, but I think we also because there's this what you referred to, this not knowing what to say and not knowing what to do and not knowing how to tackle the problem, I think we, there actually is room for us to do better as a church. There was a study in 2017 by LifeWay, and they polled 1,000 pastors and church members from Protestant churches across the nation. And what they found was that a third of people said that they had a loved one or friend who died by suicide. A third of those victims of suicide were churchgoers, but only 4% said that their pastors or fellow church members knew what they were struggling with. So I think Mm -hmm. on a very basic level, it begins first and foremost by us staying connected with people and loving one another and coming alongside one another and staying involved in people's lives such that we can detect when there's something that's gone wrong and when people are really struggling. Uh, And also because that connection is protective um, people who are considering suicide but don't carry it out, the reasons they do so are often because they find a reason to live. And the most mm-hmm. common reason and most potent reason is relationships with others. Um, they're often oh, desperately lonely when you're suicidal. And so to have a connection with someone who's coming alongside and sees them and doesn't he- heap shame upon them for their problems, first and foremost, I think is the most important thing. And, and then thereafter, I think there are some warning signs that we as a church can look at. You know, suicide is very hard to predict, but there are certain things that we can look for. So if we're staying connected with those in our midst, if we notice that people are struggling more with depressed mood or more anxious or more anxiety, especially when they're really agitated in the setting of that, if their behavior changes, so they start using alcohol more, if you suspect they're using drugs, which is new, if they're withdrawing from their usual social circles and becoming very isolated when they were not initially, their hygiene, if it decreases, if they're talking about death, those are all signs that there could be a problem. And I think we get scared not knowing what to do mm-hmm. when we see something like that, but it's really important 
especially if it's someone with whom we're connected already so that there's already those barriers to having a conversation or lower is to actually have a caring and non-judgmental conversation in private. And when you have that kind of conversation, experts agree that if you're concerned that someone's thinking of taking his or her own life to actually directly ask it, you know, because we always worry, am I going to plant the idea in their head? I see they're depressed. I'm no worried about them, but I don't want to give them the idea. That never happens. People who are struggling and considering suicide are anguished and they oftentimes will feel relieved to have you mention it if they've mm-hmm. been struggling with it. And, and yeah, mm-hmm. and it's very, very rare that you'll put it, the idea in their head if they weren't considering it. I see. So, so by saying it out yeah. loud, that's the big thing. Yeah. It's, and it's to do it compassionately and do it privately, you know, but to ask, are, are you, can, are you, tell me about what you're going through. And if they start to say, I'm, I'm just really down, I'm having trouble, ask and say, are you considering ending your own life? Or do you think about, you know, start, you can start with something more abstract and say, are you thinking about death? And then follow it up with, are you thinking about ending your own life? And then the thing to do thereafter is to try to figure out how urgent is the crisis. And we talk in, in medical and psychiatric circles about passive and active suicidal ideation, which is a very fancy way of saying, if someone just very depressed and they're thinking that they wish they didn't live anymore, or are they actually having thoughts of planning out the act? So you need to figure out, does, do they have an actual plan for to commit suicide? So if they say, no, I just think a lot about not want it, not waking up. You know, I just think about not wanting to live anymore, but they don't actually have a plan to do it. The other thing is that they have a means to kill themselves. So do they have a firearm um, when they think about dying? Do they actually think about taking pills? Do they have the means to do it? And do they intend to do it? And that can get, be an indicator of how severe is this issue and how urgently do you need to act? Someone who's just really despairing of life and says, I just, I just wish I could go to sleep and not wake up, but doesn't have a plan to take his own life and doesn't have any kind of medication or firearm that he's planning to use. That's someone that you want to get referred to help and help them through that referral. See if you can help them see a counselor and some kind of licensed professional. But if someone has a plan, if they say, which is in my case, I can talk about this personally because I struggled with this years ago. I you know, wanted to go back to a bridge and throw myself off of it. You know, that's something that's more urgent and needs immediate attention. And you need to stay with that person and be with them until they get help. And that help could be walking them to an emergency room, walking them to a psychiatrist if they're already receiving therapy, or if you're not in the position where you can get them into a facility right away is to call the National Food Prevention Lifeline and be on the phone with them and they will talk you through what to do next. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. That's 800-273-8255. If you're listening to our conversation and you're contemplating suicide yourself, let me just say that you are invaluable, unique, created by a God who knows you and loves you. And hearing Dr. Mm -hmm. Butler talk about suicide, hopefully it gives you a greater understanding of the things that are involved in the fact that you're not alone. So please, if you're considering ending your own life, reach out 800-273-8255. Someone is eager to speak to you. Dr. Butler, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time here and the message. Thank you so much.
Dr. Catherine Butler, her brand new work, Glimmers of Grace, a doctor's reflection on faith, suffering, and the goodness of God. She blogs at Oceans Rise. Heading into spring, I've been spending a lot of time pondering, analyzing, and debating something extremely important to men, and even many women, and that's whether a new driver would improve my golf game. I would say I'm somewhere between embarrassing and appalling at golf, but man, do I love it. And all my buddies show up with these epic flash, big Maverick Bertha drivers, and I can't help but feel like they've got this massive advantage on me and my persimmons. It's Ryan, and our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we're proud to have a pretty special advantage ourselves, and one that can be a big deal for you. Our team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company uses its own money and makes its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman, and this advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, saving monthly and lifelong money on a refinance or new home purchase. We're much better at mortgages than I am at golf. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. If you have an unpaid tax debt to the IRS that you can't pay, please hear this special notice. Specially approved IRS relief programs designed to aid delinquent taxpayers are now in effect that can significantly improve your financial situation. Depending on your circumstances, you may qualify to have your tax problem resolved in your favor and may even have your back taxes reduced by thousands or eliminated entirely. A relief hotline has been established by Community Tax for you to call and see if you qualify at 800-500-5588. If you owe the IRS back taxes that you can't afford to pay, don't let the IRS trick you into thinking you have no way out. Our highly accredited tax professionals will let you know what you qualify for and how much you can save. We may be able to stop all liens, garnishments, levies, and save you thousands. Call and see if you qualify for this taxpayer relief at 800-555-88. 800-555-88. That's 800-555-88. Community Tax. Who's your tax guy? Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy Show, you will find it archived at secklerlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show. Yeah, uh, we're expecting uh, some record cold this evening and oh, tomorrow I'm... as well. Uh, you know, I'm usually so over I, it. I mean, I love May. May's my birthday month, and I always think like May's like the perfect month, but not yeah. this year. Mm-mm. It's just super cold. Um, I do not have, although I wish I did. Wish I had a fire pit. You know, I get I get a friend Mike, and I'll go to his house on those super cold nights and sit out by the fire pit. But you're going to go to Mike's house on a super cold night and sit by the by his fire pit? Yeah, we like That's to do creepy. that. Creepy? No, it's good. It's very not creepy. It's friendship. We sit there and opine. I like it an awful lot. Really? I mean, yeah. I've got a fire pit. Do you? 
Yeah, but I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not. Now's the, tonight's the night. No, I don't like. I. I don't like. It's too cold. I no. when I. I use my fire pit when it's an eighty degree day. Eighty degrees, and it's like it's nighttime, and it's like sixty eight. That's really? when I like it. I want to just be out there and enjoy myself, and uh, you know, hold on to a, a hot beverage and well, you know enjoy what? The cold How about this? How about this? You uh, will have had enough of me uh, by the time tonight rolls around. So perhaps you could just come over and just use my fire pit. Oh, that, that's not a bad. I idea. won't even come out because you know it's too cold for me. Do you have dry firewood? Yeah. Okay. All right. There's a date. I won't even knock on the door. All of a sudden, your, your kids will go, Mom, there's Great. a strange man out in the backyard. We don't, I don't have any kids here either. Oh, oh you don't? Okay. Good. All no. right. Very, very nice. Okay. Well, stay warm this evening. Wait to uh, be out of the fire pit and enjoying myself okay. and uh, a warm beverage. Hey, thanks as always. Bring your own beverage. Thank you. Podcast is up and running. We're right home with John and Kathy on, uh, online, wordfm.com, on Facebook as well. Check us out. Always a great pleasure. Thank you for being with us. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.